G'day everybody, welcome to a very special episode of Geocaching Down Under. I have a very special guest with me here tonight. Uh, his caching name is Karaga, real name is Rickard, he's all the way from Sweden, living here now in Australia, and uh, I believe he has some amazing stories from around the world and some brilliant hides, so we're going to find a little bit more out about Rickard. So first and foremost, welcome to the podcast, Rickard, thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much for doing this. No, you are welcome. So let's just start off nice and easy for you with some introductory questions. First off, your caching name is Karika. How did you come up with that caching name? It's a bit of a jumble of, of my name. Okay. And just to, to find something that sounded good in Swedish maybe at the time. Okay, great. Well, I was going to ask you that. As you are Swedish, is it a Swedish word? No, it's not a word at all. It's just a, ah. a name jumble, really. Oh, I like it. That's good. That's good fun. So you just mentioned that you're you're from Sweden, um, born and raised, and then moved out to Australia. I was actually born in Australia. Okay. But my parents migrated back at a very when I was very young and came out here about nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's and, wonderful. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, um, just to give us a bit of a sense. How many fines have you had in total? Do you know your stats? So I. Uh, Recently, did my thirty thousand cache, oh. for which I picked the first Earth cache in the world. So oh, really? flew, down, flew down to Sydney and went down to to Wasp's Head for that Earth cache for the milestone. Yes. Yeah, and my first find was back in April two thousand five. Two thousand and five. My goodness. Wow, that's fantastic. So what's that, nearly 20 years? Yeah, that's, that's coming in on, on that. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay, so you were here in Australia when you started caching? No, that, that was a Swedish find. My first oh, Australian wow. find, I think, would have been around 2010. Right. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So um, and how many hides do you have? Do you know? Oh, I've been adopting out that, the hides, but I've been hidden somewhere around 150 caches, oh, wow. including that's events. Yes. Okay. Mm. That's good. Um, so, how did you get into geocaching then? How did you so find out? Back in back in two thousand five, smartphones were weren't a thing. Mm -hmm. So it was actually an an article in Outdoor Magazine. Okay. About a couple who were doing geocaching. So, and I thought this sounds interesting. Bit of technology, bit of adventure, getting out there, seeing new places. So I went mm -hmm. and. I ordered a GPS and uh, okay. started finding a couple of caches. And when I hid my first cache, the first to finders were the people in the magazine. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite a story, that is. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, just took it off your own bat and decided to go out, have an adventure, see what it was. Exactly. And sort of. Back in the day, you would print out your caches on paper, mm -hmm. add a folder in the car with printouts, yes. divided by sectors around home, and entered the coordinates manually in the GPS. Yes. The GPS had no map, so you had to read up on a real map. And if you hadn't... You, you are talking my language. That's exactly what I did in the beginning. Yep. If you hadn't, you arrived at a river and had to turn around when you're 500 meters away from the cache. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember that printing out the pieces of paper, putting it into the GPS. Yep. Oh. And and a and a good day was ten points and yes. and even if you're urban hundred K drive. Yes, that's right. That is right. Yeah. So the cases were few and uh, some of them were good quality, some of them were poor quality. That hasn't yeah. really changed much, I think. No, I don't think it has. So what, what was it about geocaching that sort of captured you and, and kept you doing it? I was always a, a lover of nature and history. And mm -hmm. when you're caching in Europe, you're sort of caching between the nature experience and the experience in a bit of uh, history and also yes. the, the urban exploration aspect of caching, mm -hmm. something that I really liked. Yeah. That, that you had sort of a way of, of passing places on without getting too public. Yes. You could always hide it in the puzzle and and you could get to this fantastic urban exploration place. That's right, yeah. And and like you say with history, like you can learn uh, a bit about places as well. And especially being in Europe, they've got a bit of history. So it's exactly. yeah. mm. No, that's good. So, so I think it, it's just sort of really ticked a lot of boxes for my interests. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is you sort of, it starts out as one thing and it sort of fulfills a lot of yeah. other things in life, doesn't it? Yeah, that's good. Um, and over the course of your 20 years of geocaching, I imagine it has, but have you influenced any muggles into geocaching? I'm, I'm sort of usually quite, I don't talk much about what I do. Really, mm -hmm. uh, I think I have gotten a few friends into it mm -hmm. in sort of ways, sort of surprising ways, maybe that uh, you know, let's stop for one case here and and we don't, you know, don't make a big fuss about it. And and then it turns out that they've started themselves. Ah, <laughs> but I think maybe, maybe more important is sort of the way that that you work together with other cases on your on your caching journey yes that you you uh, you get to know people and you can you always have the geocaching together mm -hmm. you you might not be a good fit in other matters but when you're driving to the cache when you walk into the cache when you find any cache you have that together yes and that's a good good bond and you can you can use that as a reach as a way to reach out to people that that you feel that would he enjoy she, that mm. Yeah, and also he or she maybe needs a bit of company today. And and if we make the geocaching as an excuse for actually just being together and spending time together, nobody feels that you're sort of taking pity on them or feeling that they're knowing that they're in a bad way. Mm. You can just offer a geocaching trip. Yeah, you're just having yeah. an adventure and a good time together. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, look, look, here's the case none of us have found, and it looks like a good one that we both like. Yes. Yeah. Would you come with me? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I think that's also a very powerful thing that you can do. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. That, no. So, that is that is right because uh, you know, especially recently with uh, the lockdowns and the pandemic, it's made it really prevalent that uh, you know that human contact is really important. So having yep. that person that you can say, come on, there's geocache we haven't found, let's go, even if we're just out for a couple hours, let's just get out of the house. Yeah, yeah, and just, yeah, or just that in, that invite for the first to find race. Yes. Let's go together. Yep, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. And and, and you, even if you spend thirty minutes together, that might be really good for, for both of you. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Yeah, mental health. I mean, that's geocaching fulfills so many different parts of our lives, doesn't it? Getting out in nature, fresh air, sunshine, mental health, meeting people, social. Exercise you can throw in there as well. Skills. Yeah. <laughs> Depending. Horror following. Yes. Yeah. There, there's yeah. so many things that, that you pick up along the way or that you improve on. That's right, yeah. So so you really love the, the nature side, the history side and the social side. Is that right? Yes, and I, what I miss in Australia is the urban exploration side. Oh, okay. Yes. Yep. Uh, which which part of Australia are you in? I'm in Queensland, southeast Queensland. Queensland. Yep. Okay, so you've got Brisbane, but um, yep. not probably not quite the same as a European city. We don't have any abandoned castles in Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> not real ones. <laughs> no, not and no, and not even fake ones that you can not go into. That's right. No. We, we don't have we don't have any underground secret factories from, from the war that you can go into in geocaching site. No, that's right. I see yeah. those online, and I think, oh well, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, we just don't have that type of cache here, do we? No, we, we, that's sort of something that I maybe miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that variety. Oh, and yeah, and the challenge. Yeah, yeah. Have Have you found um, obviously urban and uh, those sorts of hides, you don't get that so much here. Um, what's What have you noticed the difference between caching overseas in Europe and, and caching here? Oh, it's that's a hard one. It it's, is a hard question because a lot of a lot of it's very similar. Mm -hmm. and, but of course, it all re really depends on what you like and True. what cases you what cases you focus on. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you might do a day trip for for one or two cases, but then you pick up a number of hides on the way, and they're both pretty, all pretty similar, I'd say. Mm, mm. So, do you find you travel further in Australia for caches than you would in Europe? I'd say it depends on where you live, really. Yeah. When I first came to Australia, I moved to Townsville. Mm -hmm. And after four years in Townsville, my nearest unfound cache, as the crow flies, was 239 kilometers. <laughs> yes. And the drive would have been five hours yes. one way. Mm. Never found that one. <laughs> Not surprising. It's no. a full day trick, isn't it? Yeah. I, I was back there and actually looked at that cage or the island where the cage on just a few weeks ago. So I know it's still, still there. Oh, really? Yeah. But Townsville has been blessed with many more cages since. So yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. As, as time has progressed, uh, there's more. Caches on the on the map yeah, to find yeah. as well, so that's helped. Have you done a find streak? I did during COVID. We were locked in Brisbane, being able to move around for exercise, mm -hmm. and I had enough caches that I could do a walk in a different forest every day. Okay. So during COVID, I've been I managed to do my three sixty six, and then some more days, and then I got tired of it. Okay. <laughs> But yes. I think as it was the lockdown, it was the sort of the daily thing to go for a little bike ride or go for that kilometer mm. that we could drive to find that patch of bushland and find one cache. Yes. Yeah. And it was it was a very good thing to have something to look forward to at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was I was the same. Yeah. Just get out, go for the walk, see some trees, see some blue sky. Exactly. Yeah. And so in having, terms of 
Yeah, yeah sorry. No, you go. I was just going to say, like, um, in terms of all the places you cache, have you come across some really memorable caches and what, what's made them memorable for you? Oh, that is, that is such a – I could talk about that for a long time. <laughs> uh, for my – I think it was my 5,000 cache, mm -hmm. I teamed up with, with a good mate and we went to this – underground gunpowder factory mm -hmm. left after the, after the after world war ii mm -hmm. where all the equipment was still in place underground all the paperwork was still in place payroll oh everything and you had of course to get in there at night so there was a bit of a puzzle dimension to it it was only right. you can only get in at night and then this huge cavern underground that where you need to find your numbers oh wow yeah. What country was this in? This is Sweden. It was in Sweden? Okay. It was in Sweden. And um, for another milestone, oh, was, we'll move on to another one, which was in Germany, Eastern Germany. Mm -hmm. This chimney, a 60-meter chimney, or maybe a bit taller. Yes. Abandoned. Mm -hmm. And crampons on one side of the chimney says you can climb up easily. But then the cache was 10 meters down on the other side, outside the chimney. <laughs> and you did that one. And those are the things that I sort of like, where you really got to challenge yourself. You're, you're, uh, you are scared. and Yes. But you get down and you sign the log. That's right, yes. Mm. So there might, might be a couple that, that have been really memorable. But yeah. many, many Australian caches are memorable as well. Okay. So, you know, ones where you come across wildlife are always good. Yes. Those where you just have that snake who's just sleeping on top of the container. <laughs> That's yeah. You leave it, go get lunch, and come back and try again later. <laughs> oh, it's a python, and you just oh, okay. you ask him to move along. Yes, that's it. Yep. Encourage him to move. Yep. No, so it's. Uh, yeah, it's a long list, I think. Yeah, yeah. But high, high, high up there are the high terrain caches. Yes, are they a, a favourite of yours, high terrain? Absolutely. It's always been climbing and if I can get into a cave or an abandoned mine, I've done it. Oh, there's another one we can talk about for a while. They had this, an abandoned mine where you free, where you're repelled free down for about 40 metres into a hole. Right. No contact with the wall. Get down to one level in the mine and then find a way to the next level down, 15 meters down more. Oh, my goodness. Walk yes. along an old drift to find the cage. <laughs> that is adventurous. And we were only two of us there. So we, we called the friend and oh. said, we're going down here now. If we haven't called you back in four hours, come and look for us. Please. <laughs> yes. 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 That's right. No, so those are the things that really, really sort of stay with me. Yes. Yeah, it's always good to let someone know where you're going too, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And But you know that if you're going down in a mine, most likely you'll come up again. As long yes. as you know as long as long you know what you're doing with your equipment. Well, I was going to say, yes, as long as you've got the right equipment and you know what you're doing. But you don't, you, of course, when you're, everybody's down there, you don't know what's happening on the surface. So it's good to I have... Don't... 
somebody who has to the gear to come and look for you. That's right. Yeah, no good if they're just going to stand at the top of the mine and shout at you. <laughs> no, it won't do much for you. It's not going to help very much. Oh, wow. All right. Well, that sounds fascinating. I know we've got one down, I think it's Ballarat, and it's um, um, like a water tunnel. And you've got, to, mm. you've got to walk, I think it's a couple of hundred metres through the water tunnel. Yep. That, and that's um, been quite an experience. No, I, I've, I've done them. I've yes. done more than a kilometre in <gasps> in January in a tunnel in Sweden where the water was flowing quickly. Oh, really? And it w- would have been minus five outside. <laughs> and that was just one step. And then it was rappelling and tree climbing and things as well on that multi. My goodness. So, like, uh, lots of adventure. <laughs> another good one was an abandoned oil storage where you would yep. store oil in in chambers in rock. Okay. But abandoned, so it was filled with water. Right. And there's all these rooms with pillars in between them. And somewhere in there was a cache. Did that require boat. actual diving gear or? No, it was a boat in there. A boat, so you okay. Walked, you, you walked in, ah, you found a way through the fence. Mm-hmm. And you got into the storage and you paddled around until you find the cache inside <laughs> a mountain on a lake. That's fantastic. Mm. Wowee. Yeah. No, so there's, there's uh, many of them where you crawl through sailed creeks and yeah. That's fantastic. My goodness. Which, which again, I miss here. Yeah. But again, there are other, any other, many other components anyway that sort of keep me happy. Yes, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Different challenges, different yeah. places, different things. Yeah. Yeah. Leeches and snakes and. Snakes and spiders. Yeah. <laughs> they keep you on your toes. <laughs> That's great. Have you got into um, the tree fishing? Like you do the tree climbing, do you do tree fishing? Yes. Yes, I, I was doing tree fishing. I think that sort of – I think it came out of Germany. I found, found a few German series of tree fishing in Sweden back in – would have been 17 maybe. Okay. So when it appeared here, I wasn't really surprised. Yeah. Uh, I'd prefer to climb the tree. Yes. It's That'll be more, more my style. More your style? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I'd prefer to hide a cl- cage that looks like it could be climbed, but it would have to be, sorry, that would look that like it has to be fished, but it actually yep. has to be climbed. Right. Okay, then. All right. And that maybe tells something about my hiding style, that I prefer cages that I don't need to maintain too much. Yes. I'd rather get a few logs. Yeah, from from people that are dedicated, and I shouldn't say dedicated because everybody is dedicated in their own way. Yes, but like the same things that I do. Yes. Yeah, and challenge sort of challenge those people to go out and hide cases that I like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wait, well, so, so a lot of my hides are high terrain, and uh, maybe an average fossil in behind to just mm-hmm. to make sure that that. You don't end up at the bottom of the tree and disappointed because you can't you can't find the cache. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's got to so, be still interesting and yeah, mm-hmm. and also just having not not wanting to, to disappoint people with a traditional mm. because I think that if you know if you don't read your DT ratings, you you might be disappointed, and that's I don't want to be disappointed. And I don't want to disappoint anybody else. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just comes back to you. You have to read the cash page properly too, don't you? You know. But I don't always do that. 
<laughs> no, so, sometimes, and, yeah, you're just driving past a cache and you think, quick, let's stop here and get it. And then you realize, oh, I need climbing gear or I need a, um, you know, a specialized tot or something. Exactly. But at least if it's a fossil, you, you at least you know that you have some prep work and you need to look at the page. That's right. Yes. So, yeah. so that's maybe why I try to hide like that. Yeah. Well, that that's a good... That's a good point, actually, is to hide caches that you would like to find, I think, is a good yeah. inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just mentioned Germany there, and I know they've got quite a few really good quality gadget caches and adventures and, and really adventurous geocaches. Have you found any gadget caches or amazing ones in Germany? I think the one that stands out in Germany, oh, there's a couple. Mm -hmm. There's one which I think before it got archived, racked up close to 12,000 favorite points. Okay. And it's a Lego sculpture in Berlin. Ah. A giraffe that has one yes. piece added. And inside that piece is the log. Is the log in one yeah. piece of of Yeah. And what, when I got there, I think there was another couple looking, but they were a bit uh, sort of shy. And then I got there and then... At the end, I think there was 10 of us pulling pieces of this giraffe trying to find the log. <laughs> Many hands make light work. <laughs> yeah, and it's just outside of cafe. Oh, okay. So you've got people yeah. watching you as well. That's fantastic. Yeah, but when there's 10 of you, it doesn't matter anymore, does it? No, that's right. You look because like... You think, yeah. And another favorite in Germany was a monument. It looked like a monument mm -hmm. made out of stainless steel with a world okay. map on it. Yeah. And... There was a locked box at the bottom that had no function. Right. So it looked like a little, like a little box that you'd have, have a cage inside. But you had to turn the monument like oh. a dial and the cage opened up. Oh, okay. Yeah. And to, to cut that out of thick stainless steel and assemble it and remove it into place and, oh. yeah. Actually, as the finder, I would be really worried to tr start manipulating a statue or a monument. To oh, yeah, but you 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 you, got, you get there and then you sort of you start to read the logs and right yeah. gives you a bit of a hint. Yeah, exactly what you, what you need to do. No, but I looked at a few places before I understood that I needed to turn that monument. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, once again, read read the cash page, read the logs before you get there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the surprise. I like to to arrive slightly unprepared and be surprised and be happy about that well that's right yeah it does it makes it a whole adventure too because you know you're working it out on the way while you're there yeah. you're like, oh yeah. what is this why is it working i can't even find a place to start let me go read this exactly and and you have a good thinking about it while you're doing it that's right yeah, yeah. Because... little gray matter going yeah, exactly that's good um Yes, so I know you're in southeast Queensland, and apparently you've got a really good little group of geocaches that um, you've had some adventures with in uh, southeast Queensland. I think there, there's a, it's a quite of a loose group of people that that mm -hmm. meet for for different activities. If it's kayaking or bushwalking or road tripping, yes, and there's that. That's great to have that sort of loose network that. Different people come with different experiences different, at different times. That's and that right. You're not, you're not too fixed on exactly who you cage with, but you 
depending on, on who's available and who has a time dilation. That's right, yeah. That's so right. I think that that's uh, and that's the good thing about the game, that you do this, as I said before, you do the caching together. Mm. And that's what matters. And then you can, while driving there, you can have a good conversation at the same time about everything else. Yes. Yep. And, uh, you know, as a man, you don't need to look anybody in the eye. You look straight through the windscreen <laughs> and you can talk about serious stuff. Absolutely. That is the best way to get a man to talk about serious stuff is to do an activity. Yep. Yeah, and you don't need to do it on the path. You do it on the, in the car on the way there. That's right. Yeah. And it's nice and private. And yeah. No one's and, and, and nobody's really watching you. So that's, no one's that's watching also you. very good about having this... Uh, this community that you, you get to sort of make other connections as well. Well, that's right, yeah. And then you find other points of connection in your life that you've got similarities. Yeah. And, and yeah, the friendships grow from there. So um, have you, like, have you been to some awesome megas around the world and, and continually meeting people and seeing each other at different events? I, I have made a lot of friends to geocaching all over the world. Mm. So I, for... A while, I spent a lot of time in China mm -hmm. and uh, made some good geocaching friends in China, mostly Westerners that I was still, and some of them I was still in contact with. Right. Okay, then. And living in, in, in Germany, in Canada, and actually in Queensland. Right. So I, I presume work took you to these places? Work took me to those places, but when you, when you work that much in a place that you spend the weekends, you go to mm -hmm. geocaching events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you organize a geocaching event and, uh, yeah. And, it's a and great met way to meet people. And met some really good friends that way. And I, I, I often find that for, my, for me, it's a small event. It's where I can make more, more well, connections. Well, that's right. Yes. Yeah, you've so got to talk to people there. Eh? Yeah, yeah. And, and I also find that if you go to Mega, you, you talk mostly to the people you know, and then maybe one or two new people. Yes. That's but I mean, in the in the long run, the people that you go into cache with are the people that live close to you. Mm. Yes, well, it's just handy. It's just convenient, yeah. isn't it? But of course, it's great to have a contact who can help you with this puzzle in WA. Yes. Yeah, or on the other side of the country, if you if if it's the other way around for you. Yes, that's right. And I have been to I went to the first Giga in Munich. Okay. Which was a good which was a good adventure, but. It, a bit, long, bit, bit more like a market than a, than a geocaching event, really. Right, okay. Well, I mean, it was the, the first first yeah. one, wasn't it? Yeah, 5,000 people. And, of it's course, awesome. we were in a bit of a rush as well. We needed to get to get driving home again. We had a, a long drive home, so. Right, okay, yeah. Maybe we didn't get, get to experience it in full. And have you enjoyed the difference? Um, I know that particularly in America – uh, they have a, a one-day mega, whereas in Australia we tend to make it a, a full weekend and, mm. and stretch it out over, you know, two, three yep. days. Have yep. you enjoyed that difference where you can actually be at an event for an extended period of time? A absolutely. And I think they, I think they can, can complement each other. Absolutely. So a, a Swedish mega is like an American mega. The okay. most popular mega in Sweden is a one, really just one evening in the dark autumn. Okay. With sort of night caching and and that's sort of the, the main mega. Right. Over there. Yeah. But to be able to go and camp for 
for a number of days is great. Mm. And to have that, uh, uh, that time to get to talk to people and spend time. Exactly, and, and, and sort of come back and talk again. And, uh, yeah, that that is really good. Well, yeah, I think we've been spoiled in Australia because that's what we know and that's sort of what we expect from, you know, large events. And it gives yep. you time to go and do geocaching, come back, have the social, talk to people, compare notes, and then, you know, you can go and attack another geocache that you couldn't find or were having trouble with. You know, like you've got, you've got time to, to do both or, yeah. or do many things. Yeah, and you, and you talk to, new, to somebody new over dinner and you get some, some new ideas, which is really good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think we've been spoilt uh, in Australia with that. I think yeah, that, that's a really good good difference for us. I, I definitely agree. And I I have been to, to Megas in New Zealand that are organised the same way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Where you, where you spend a lot of time together and you have activities and uh, seminars and all of this. And That's right. Yeah. And plenty of time to cash in between. Yes. Yeah, I believe, yeah, Europe and America, you just, you go there and you stay on site where the mega is, usually in a hall or, you know, some sort of building. And, you know, the the shopping is there, the seminar is there, the activity is there, and you don't generally go out too much. Uh, yeah, in Sweden, it would typically involve sort of a couple of trails with lab caches outside. Mm-hmm. So you do a bit of caching, but often, often just labs. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you're not not going too far from from the venue. No. Mm -hmm. Just walking distance, preferably. Yes. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. No. I I really like uh, the way we do events and got time to catch up with people over dinner. And we have the trivia nights and things like that. It really gives you an opportunity to to get to meet people. Exactly. It's a, to, to, yeah to mingle a bit longer. Mm. Well, do you feel um. In, at the events overseas, do you feel like they're a bit rushed? Mm, no, I think I've had, of course, the guidelines have changed. What you can do on events has, has changed. Mm. For many years, we used to have events where you would meet up in the morning for a bit of a, a market stall and a, and a coffee, and, and then there would be a cash release. So everybody would go out in cash for a while. Right. And then you will meet up for dinner again. Okay. And that sort of was a, a one-day event, a full day, and you got a lot out of it. Right. Okay. So, yeah, yeah structured a little bit differently, but still given yeah. the opportunity to spend time with people. But, of course, the guidelines have changed and we're not allowed to publish cases for events anymore, unfortunately. That's right. And, and, and you've uh, also got event stacking that you can't do. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's good and bad. There's mm -hmm. two sides to, to that. And Yeah. 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 That's right. Um, that's what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. So in terms of a tot for geocaching, is there one tot that you would recommend people have to have in their gear or a couple of things that the people need to have? I'm, I tend to lose my pen all the time. <laughs> yes. So plenty of extra pens. Lots of pens. And then, and then a pencil for that wet log, for that oh. writing rain log that you can't write on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I usually travel with a ladder, mm -hmm. fishing pole. The ropes, they only come out in the car if I know there's 
claiming yep. to be had. Uh, I find a pair of pliers are good for those those bisons that are stuck together. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah, or two pairs of pliers even to gently open them up. Yeah, and uh, spare logbooks. Yeah, I get uh, and a tradies notebook, waterproof, mm -hmm. writing mm -hmm. rain. Yes, and. Uh, I usually I get out a sewing machine and sew them together. Oh, okay. Polyester. So they're not staples, so there's no staples that rust. Yes, that's a good one. And to keep those and just in the back of your phone. Yeah. A few of them. So you can drop in a new a new log. Yes. And make sure the cage survives. Replace a log. Yeah. Or, or just add to a log. Oh, okay. Because it's waterproof, it'll last. It'll last yeah. for for a very long time. So And that's, of course, I have collected a lot of geocaching tools of the trade over time. <laughs> that's right. So, so there's a pinny, there's a kayak, there's an even smaller little plastic dinghy. Really? There's a, there's a wetsuit for swimming to some caches. Oh, my goodness. Waders, chest high waders for wading out to caches. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, climbing gear. And uh, I've done some amazing. Caching on skis and ice skates in Sweden. Oh, really? That's not really for here, but that is fantastic. Yeah. So you've actually got on skis and and skied to gone cross country to a country. cross country skiing. Yeah. Wow. How how long was that journey? Oh, a few kilometers. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And of course, the bike is great. Mm. And I. Being able to keep the bike inside the car, it lives. I used to have a small foldable. Now I've been able to get a large bike on the on the tray. Yes. When you get to this place, and there's a there's a tray locations on a bike path. Mm -hmm. Take the bike. Yes. Do something different than walking. You can That's walk. Right. You can walk five hundred meters, but if you, if you don't do five kilometers. Yeah, that's right. So that little fault. If you've got only room for a foldable, a foldable bike is great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've got a, a bike trail here that used to be a train line and they've yep. converted it into a, a, a walking bike track and there's a series of caches along it. And I think the bike trail is 20 kilometres long, so you really wouldn't walk it and then walk back. No, so. no we, we have a good one out here at Esquay in southeast Queensland and mm -hmm. then there's a, new, a brand new one that starts in Mordulumba in New South Wales. Yes. With plenty of lab caches along and a few traditional right. as well. Yeah, they've just opened that train line, that yeah. walking track on the old train yeah. line. So we did that a couple mm. of months ago and it was a really good day out mm. on a really good trail. I'd really recommend to do that trail. Okay. That's good. And we went from Mordulomba South and back again and there are pubs to stop at and cafes to stop at. and So you don't need to feel that you need to ride all day. No. You can just stop what you like and enjoy. That's it. Yeah, it's not a marathon. No. <laughs> Do it in stages. That's yeah. good. That's good. Now, um, I know you have um, a bit of a message for people as well. Um, did you want to fill us in on, on your situation, like with the sun care element and all of that? I'll definitely do this. If, if you look at my face, it's really droopy, and it all comes from skin cancer that I caught a couple of years ago mm -hmm. and it 
would have been a spot that would have grown on me for a very long time, given where it was. And uh, where I am now, I really hope to complete my 40th loop. Right. That's, that's a target that I set myself for. Mm -hmm. And I believe I can do that with, with some help of good friends. Absolutely. And But I, I don't have much time left. Right, okay. I have a cancer, a very aggressive cancer. Right, okay. So, of course, the, the advice would be when you're out there, wear your hat, wear your long sleeves, wear your pants, mm. do your skin checks. Yeah. And Absolutely. apply that sunscreen, mm. wear your sunglasses. That's, uh, if just anybody can do that, that would be great. And also, of course, what I'm doing right now, live your best life. Yes. Don't put up, you know, don't make a bucket list that you never start working on. Get started mm. on your work bucket list now. Because yeah. none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. No, that's right. Uh, get out. Get out there and, and enjoy. If it's geocaching or whatever it is, but just make sure you... Don't wait. Don't you think that you'll do that trip when I retire? Just do it next year. Yes. We'll do it this year. We quite often do that, don't we? We think, oh, we'll do that when we retire, when we've got time, and and then life happens and, and you don't get to it. So Exactly. And, and you'll always keep the memories. Mm. And you'll only regret the things that you, you didn't do. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So, so how close are you to your 40th loop? Three or four cases. Oh, wow. So I actually did a loop today. Oh, there you go. <laughs> As you do on a, a casual Sunday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you start with an event and then you, you get somebody to drive you around for a bit and you get to go to, to do a loop. Yes. Mm. So have you done um, the most number of caches in a day? Have you done the, the different types of caches in one day? Have you done that challenge? So I think during one mega, I think I might have gotten up to 11 or 12. Yes. And uh, I think my best record was for a challenge that required a thousand stars in a day. So a thousand DT points in a day. Wow. Which ends up being around 300 cases. So that's not too bad. Wow. That is a big day. Yeah. But I did, it wasn't so bad. We had tired okay. legs at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of an early start. Yeah. And again, I sort of, even if I really enjoy the high terrain caches, I also see that's a challenge. It's mm. maybe a bit of a more of a mental challenge to persist with the boredom. Yes. It's like, I'll drive 50 caches and you find 50 caches, then we'll swap drivers. And, yes. And, yeah, and then we do 50, 50 more. Mm. So, and that's maybe, maybe that I'm very stubborn and, and sort of can do those things. Well, um, it's a good point because uh, I've done um, a, a couple of power trails and by the time you hit the 30th one after, you know, driving 132 metres and stopping and then going again, after like the 30th one, you're like, okay, this is a bit tedious. Yeah, but, but afterwards it feels like an achievement. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Then you look back at your numbers, you think, wow, we've, yeah. I've found 100 caches today, that's. Yeah, and, and it's sort of it's sort of the same. If you paddle across the lake, it's not really fun to paddle across the lake. No. It's just a bit of achievement. But when you yes. get to the shore and you get close to the nature, it's better again. Absolutely. Yeah. So sort of how you create your memories, I think. Yes. Yes. Okay, I 
think actually so in all your time caching have you gotten into uh collecting geocoins and travel bugs and do you enjoy uh, that element of it no I, i'm i want the experience mm -hmm. that's, that's my main thing i, I like the the place mm. and, the, and sort of that's how we touched on many times with people yeah and then at times if i walked up a long walk, I might even be not motivated to look for the container. Okay. Because I had my experience. Yeah. But of course, I'll need to find that container to document that I had it. Yeah, and remember that. And, but I don't, I'll rescue a travel bug if I can see that it's been in the container for months. Right. Otherwise, I'm happy to leave it for somebody else. Okay. Okay. Because so not, I'm sort of, no. not a driving factor for you? No, it's. I'd say I usually don't like shiny things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are other things that are more important for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something else we could mention a little bit is, is the technology change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when I started, as I said, when I started caching, yeah, there was a handheld GPS. Mm -hmm. And you more or less entered the coordinates manually for every single cache. Mm. Without the map, unless you paid big money for for a map map GPS, yes, but they were rare and expensive. Very. So there was paper caching, and you had your phone, mm -hmm. which was a stupid brick phone. So you could only call <laughs> people with it. Yes. Couldn't do, couldn't do anything else, and then Not you had the smartphones like today. No digital camera, mm -hmm. and the GPS, and the car yes. case, and yes. then the pen. Yes. So the chance of leaving one of those things in the case was rather, rather large. Pretty high, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that you came back without your camera or, or your phone. Or oh, or your sunnies. You'd leave yes. your sunnies there, yes. Some of those things were often at the case and you had to walk back again. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, and then you had to go home and log it on the computer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and if you hadn't printed out the, the logs who logged it or who knew how to log it, you couldn't, you couldn't path. On the yes. other hand, mobile phone signals, so catchy, so it didn't really matter much anyway. That's right, yeah. That's and right. a number of years later, I found this uh, through one of the forums that you could actually download a pocket query onto a Palm Pilot. Yes. It was an electronic organizer called Palm Pilot. So then you had your GPS, your Palm Pilot, your phone, and your camera, and your pen, and your car case to lose. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but at least you didn't have to carry around uh, a folder of paper anymore. Yes. Yeah. You had an electronic version. That's it. Yeah. And of course, then when the smartphones came, it just re revolutionized the whole game. It made it much quicker, didn't it? Like you went yeah. from having to make a list, export the pocket query, or even set up the pocket query to, to load them all onto the yeah. GPS unit. Um, and now it's all just straight on the on the on the phone. You just make yeah. a list. You can yeah. even save it to an offline list now. And I still use offline lists because you can never trust oh. that, the, that the mobile network is going to work when you're caching. Absolutely, I do the same yeah. thing. And uh, what if the website goes down? That's it. Yes. I'm just stuck at home for days, <laughs> staring at the computer. Yeah, yeah. No yeah, fun. So that's uh, that's uh, yeah. Technology has really 
And I find these days I use my, just mostly use the phone because it's just That's so right. easy. That's right, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, have you found that has made the game more enjoyable for you? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good not to carry around that many things. And yes. it's easier to do your logs when, when you have your phones and your notes in the same place. That's right, yeah. Yeah, That's, I mean, you can log it at the cache now, you know. You, you can, and you get your, you get your pictures there. And so I think logs have improved in quality. Yes. Maybe, but of mm-hmm. course. Well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I know that um, back in the day, you know, sort of 10, 15 years ago, people used to actually write, you know, hi, my name is, you know, Ricard, and I found this today. I walked to five kilometres with, you know, two friends and, you know, we – never been to this place before and they'd actually write that on the log whereas now you just write your caching name yeah we, we did write stories in the logs in yeah. back in the day and that, that was good to to read and i mean if you look yes. at the old caches anywhere in the world you can still find that yes if you, that you have the original log and people are telling a story yeah. but on the other hand we, we i think many of us back in the day would log on the physical cache with a good log and then it was just very brief online right that's it so I think the online logs have, in general, improved mm-hmm. since since then. Yeah, in general, I'd say they've gotten better. But, of course, there's so many more people logging now, so you can scroll <laughs> through and, and find the longer logs that have the, the contents that you want. That's right, yeah. And then you've got the photos where you can go through and you can and see. Sometimes yeah. that could be a reference point for you. Finding absolutely, the absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, so that's, uh, I think it's overall it's been good for the game. Yes, yeah, yes. and te- yeah, technology improvements are improvements, you know? Yeah, yep. Actually making the game easier to play, making it better, getting new uh, caches into the game. Uh, yeah, exactly, because the threshold when I started was very high. Just to admit yes. that. I had to admit that. It was, if you weren't computer literate, mm. you couldn't make it. That's right, yeah. And I mean... And of course, when the pocket queries came on and the GPSs came there, you could load the pocket queries on. It was great. Mm. And then came the GPSs that had offline caching. Mm. Fantastic. Mm. But from there to the smartphone, is still a giant step forward. Giant step. Well, that's right. Yeah. And like you had to have that knowledge. One, you had to know how to use a computer. Then you had to know how to use the the pocket queries and the GPS unit. So yeah. you know, and then you had to have the money to afford those that technology to play the game. Yep. Um, and then now it's just on your phone and it's a free app. You know, anyone can download it and, and play. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Made it more accessible for everybody. It's been wonderful. All right. Well, um, was there any anything else that you would like to add for this evening's chat? No, I think I think that's really good. If you want to send me the, the trans, sort of the – the thing I can see if I can dig out a few pictures to illustrate things. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. wonderful. Yeah, from yeah. the stories we've talked about, that'd be great. Yeah, and I mean, maybe even things that we haven't talked about, you know, if there is a cache that I've hidden that I'm proud of. Yeah. In one way or another, you know, you could just drop that in instead of me for a while on, on the thing. Yeah, well, um, what I do is I publish them to the website and I do yeah. a bit of a, a blog. So yeah, I yeah. could ha- have, you know, characters highlighted geocache, yeah. like what the Jeep. GZ uh, cords in there and, and a little yeah, line-up yeah. picture. Yeah. Yeah, As I said, m- many of them are adopted out now, but they're still still mine in a way. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, let's just do a quick little sign-off, and then I've just actually got a question to ask you about adopted caches. 
Yeah, sure. Okay, so I'm just going to do a little sign-off. Well, thank you very much tonight, Karika, for joining us. It's been really, really interesting to hear uh, the changes over time to geocaching and your experiences with the game and, and everything. Uh, so thank you very much for joining me this evening. Thank you so much for having no me. Worries. And I just wanted to ask one last, uh, do you have a message for new geocachers or current geocachers or anyone interested in getting into geocaching uh, that you could share with us all? I'd say re remember that it's about the friendships that you make. That's the most important thing. And that, that if we're playing a game, you don't get it. Don't get too serious about it. Make yeah. sure that you're having fun and that you're making sure that everybody else has an opportunity to have fun as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for those words. And once again, have a lovely night. And thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. Just what you might find geocaching down.